Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Progeny Podcast. My guest today is Ali Al Basri, British born Iraqi filmmaker, director, and all round content creator. Ali has spent 15 years creating content from music, recitation videos, advertising campaigns to feature length documentaries. After graduating in graphic design and visual communication, Ali Al Basri changed his career direction in pursuit of filmmaking and he hasn't looked back. Salam Haji Ali, thank you for making time for the progeny. Pleasure, Haji. Good to be here. Um, I might be wrong, but is this your first like ever interview, or, or have you done an interview? No, you're right. Yeah, first first time ever on camera rather than behind the camera. Okay, and and this is why people haven't seen you because you're always behind the camera. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, and I'll mention it at the beginning because um, a lot of the stuff that you've probably seen. Um, in documentaries in the Shia world, a lot of the best of the stuff that you've seen, including recently the Sistani documentary, yep. was filmed by and directed by this man. Um, so that's why you haven't seen him because you've always had Ali been behind the the camera, um, not only filming but also directing um, many productions, documentaries. As I said at the start of this. Um, uh, adverts, uh, recitation videos, famous reciters like uh, Mulla Ali, yeah. Sayyid Haider Jizani, and others. And these are the ones that come to my mind. Maybe others as well. Um, you filmed their their video clips. Uh, a lot of the documentaries that were aired recently on Imam Hussein TV and a few years back, Ahl Bayt TV were also filmed um, by yourself. So. Alhamdulillah, a lot of the content that you have seen in the Shia world, this is the man behind it. So I think now whenever you see director of photography, Ali Basri, you know who um, who Ali Basri is. Um, Ali, were you born in this country, first of all? Yeah, yeah, I was born here. Okay. Originally, uh, though your parents are from Iraq. Iraq, yep. But I was born and bred here, so... I'm one of the few Iraqis kind of in my circle who was actually know, you, born here. I would have never thought you were born here because I, you're very, and you've got the Iraqi cultural yeah. uh, where your Arabic Iraqi is quite good. And I mean, it rubs off. I mean, I grew up in um, outside of London, okay. So London was obviously the hub for Iraqis and stuff. Yeah. Um, but where I grew up, it was kind of more isolated. Uh, you know, a smaller Iraqi community. Um, but obviously, like you know, my parents, we were very active in terms of coming to the community events and certain programs and stuff so we never lost that kind of you did, contact yeah they instilled that around yeah. and the religious yeah. and uh, a lot of the guys like i knew growing up close friends so um it's always been there it's just i was always like the, you know i come from a town called slough okay so i was always known as ali slough <laughs> um, because everyone was based in london subhanallah it's basri from because you're from your parents originally from basri yeah. and slough and yeah, yeah, yeah. We need so, to yeah. change that surname to Ali Slau now. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that now. Hadji <laughs> uh, Ali, uh, how you know you obviously got your degree in graphic design, but how did you get into filming? Was there a passion for for filming? So filming, it started. It's the classic story of you know we had a video camera at home. Uh, I was always the one who was kind of filming, and I enjoyed filming. So it started from that from a young age, and. Um, I just loved, I don't know what it was, it's just I loved the whole capturing something. Uh, I loved, you know, watching films growing up. So, you know, I would always try and convince uh, my siblings to like, we'll do skits and film little kind of uh, shows and stuff. I had no idea how to make films, like I had no idea in terms of, um, you know, the, the technical or the kind of mm. uh, storytelling side, but I would just film stuff and put it all together. And um, as I grew up, it kind of developed. And thing is, I um, a hobby of mine was doing magic, performing okay. magic. Okay. Uh, so towards the you know the early two thousands, I think uh, these websites started popping up where people would share their magic and stuff, their tricks and their little moves. Called. Is there a website that's got videos of you from twenty years ago uh, doing some magic? There's um, they're all unlisted now. Oh, yeah, you got to make one of them public. Yeah, no, well, they're, they're there, they're there. Um, there was even some when I was in a dishdasha uh, doing some other stuff, crazy. 
filmed on a webcam. <laughs> Give us the thumbs up no, if you no, want to no. see Hajj Ali Nadish performing some no. Houdini magic. Not gonna happen. How is it not? If we get if we get a thousand thumbs ups, maybe if we get a thousand, maybe okay, a thousand we'll likes, see. thousand yeah. likes, so we well, see some magic. I can't, I can't see it happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of that's where I really got into it because now people there was like a, a platform where people were uploading videos, and there was more uh, effort being put into making things creative for people to watch. So that's when I really started getting into it and learning a bit more, and it's hard because back then. There was no resource to learn. Yeah. You know, unless you studied it, there was no resource into learning how to make films and to put things together, you know, using Windows Movie Maker. That's that's how it was. Wow. Uh, but yeah, but then going into my studies, um, I did graphic design after secondary school and I got mm. my national diploma. But I still had this passion. I wanted to do it as a career, uh, filmmaking. So I applied to do my degree in uh, film and broadcast. And I went for the interview, the pre-interview. Uh, and the lady, uh, we sat down and she went through my kind of CV and everything. Uh, she asked me why I want to do this and everything. And I was like, I really have a passion for filmmaking. I love it. I'd love to do it as a career. And she looked at me and she said, take my advice, stick with graphic design. Uh, there's no money in, in film and TV. Uh, stick with graphic design, it will do you a lot better. And I walked out of there like so depressed. I was like, what? Confused. The, 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 you know, the main kind of professor of the course is telling me not to do this. I'm like, what? It must <laughs> be really on? bad. Um, <clears throat> so that just kind of, it's just sat, I just carry, you know, ultimately I just, I went on to do graphic design. Uh, as a degree to finish it as a degree but deep down I, I really wanted to continue uh, doing filmmaking and making films um, so in my last year of my graphic design degree the final major project we were given an open uh, open book a blank uh, canvas they literally said to us you can do whatever you want for this final major project so I said I'm going to make a film so I literally it, it was like it was a 12-week project and I got to I think week 10 and I just looked at my work I hadn't done a film but I looked at my work and I was like I don't like this I'm not happy with this I'm gonna make a film so literally in, with two weeks left I sat down with a friend a very close friend of mine and I pitched him the idea to make this short film and uh, I wanted to use um, his nephews as the actors and he, he agreed and they agreed and they were up for it. And I made this short film. I literally wrote it in like a day, uh, filmed it on like a, a video camera, handheld everything and I put it together and then I handed it in. And uh, I went to show it to, the, to, the, to my teachers for assessment and they were blown away. They literally watched it and they were almost speechless at the end. And I was like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? They're not saying anything. And one of the one of my teachers, she looked at me, she said, you know what? We we get to uh, view the film and broadcast studies final projects. We get to uh, view it. There's like a viewing where certain teachers yeah. go and view the final major project from film and, and broadcast. And she said, this beats anything that any of those students had done. And like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like really, really happy. I was like, I felt vindicated. Like, this is what I actually <laughs> yeah. am meant to be doing. So that was kind of the start where I was like, you know what? It gave me a confidence boost. And I'm like, I'm going to go, uh, going to go all into this. The first time I think we met, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, <clears throat> at a majlis organized by uh, Shabab al in Muharram yeah. probably 15 years ago. 2011. Was it 2011? Okay. You remember the year. <clears throat> where you were in charge of filming the majlis and I think if I'm not mistaken that was the first time I've seen a majlis bring a cameraman from outside to film a majlis the you know other mosques like uh, maybe Hussein or, or maybe Imam Khu Islamic Center or others would have built-in cameras if I'm not mistaken 
to film the majlis where this was the first time I saw a setup where tripods and a, a DSLR, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. two cameras and some lighting, <clears throat> and you filmed that majlis. And it, that that year was because I was part of that majlis. I remember yeah, yeah. it was. I don't know how much of that Muharram you remember, but for me, I really felt Muharram that year yeah, because yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I remember it was Sheikh Muhammad Al Halli. And uh, Mullah Ali Fadl. Uh, how did you get into? And I think from then it opened your way to Ahl Bay TV, if I'm not mistaken. But how how did you get into filming that majlis? And was that your first majlis where you yeah. you know you get employed to film? Yeah. So that that was the so basically what happened was I was doing a lot of weddings and events at the time, and I had always uh, wanted to kind of. Sh- somehow help the community or try and bring my work to the community Mm -hmm. because ultimately i was looking at the community and i could see work that was being put out and i just felt it could do with a boost with a production value kind of boost and you know a sort of increase from that regard and i'd um, managed to speak with ali father in terms of working with him and uh, he was working somewhere at the time he'd brought me on uh, to do some videos for them and uh, during kind of one of the breaks when we were filming I heard he was on the phone uh, with one of his friends and they were discussing bringing a speaker over or organizing the speaker for a majlis and stuff it was just before Muharram maybe one or two months before and I said to him like what's 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 going on what's happening and he said oh we're doing this majlis me and the shabab you know we're, we're organizing this majlis and I just thought you know what I used to go to Majalis and stuff as a kid. I was thinking, I thought, you know, maybe I could bring a high production value to, to a Majalis. So I said to him, do you think they'll be interested? So he, he kind of got me in touch with them and stuff. Uh, and they ultimately said, because you have to remember, it's not like now where I'm, where someone goes to and says, can I film a Majalis? And they'll be like, yeah, sure, why not? It was very, like, an odd request. Yeah. <laughs> because... Why are you they, filming on this? They literally had, like, a small camera that they were going to use to film it. So they couldn't see, like, what, you know, how, what, what was going to happen. So I said, look, just trust me on this, please. Trust me on this. Because at the same time, I didn't have anything to show them. Like, look, I've done this measure And they had to just kind of trust me on that. And ultimately, they did. Um, and they were a bit apprehensive at the start because to be honest it was something new for me as well Mm. i had to go into this thinking how do i approach this how do i make it unique how do i make it different how do i make it maybe a bit more engaging for the audience so the first couple of nights were kind of trial and error i was i was you know thinking what can i do differently um and a lot of it obviously lecturing is kind of straightforward you know you've got a wide shot and you've got Mm. a close-up but where I saw potential was in the reciting parts and the and the Latmiya parts, where I would get different angles and I would incorporate more of the crowd, and that sort of seemed to have you know be working, and I, I could feel there was something there. And they were still apprehensive because again, 2011, it's not like now where things you know you can easily turn around footage, especially when. You're talking about like an hour and a half lecture, maybe an hour of reciting. Mm-hmm. Computers were way slower. Footage needed needed to be converted before you start editing. <laughs> there was all these kind of you know roadblocks in my way. So what I decided to do was to make a trailer and call it the Nine Nights of Muharram. So I think by night seven or night six, I, I can't remember, I made this trailer mm. and I sent it to them. And they, they were again. They were gobsmacked, and they were like, "What? What is this? This looks <laughs> like a movie. How have you done this?" And that's again. I felt like you know, this is this is something that's going to work. And it was shared, and there was good feed, great feedback. And yeah, I was just proud that I could bring that level of production to the community. Eleven years later, it's two thousand eleven. So you done a, also a short clip to panelize. Now you mentioned this short clip. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. The Al Akbar Foundation also yeah. asked you to not necessarily film their whole majalis, but uh, to film a three to five minute promo 
which Imam Hussein TV had uh, requested, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And that was also, again, like watching a movie. Uh, and if I were to mention, again, not to go chronologically, but also the clip which you made back in 2018? 17. 17, which was the Muharram, a tribute to yeah, Muhammad yeah, yeah. Hussein. 2017. 2017, where... I'm sure a lot of people, maybe we can we can try and add clips of this uh, during the podcast. A lot of people have seen this, where you do, you know, from the first day of Ashur with the change of the flag mm. to, you know, setting up of the Mawakib all the way up until capturing the Aza, known as Aza Atwarij, yeah. where people run towards the shrine and the slow motion of the feet and the people running and their facial expression. I've seen it probably... Uh, I don't know how many times, hundreds if not thousands of times, and every time I see it, it gives me goosebumps. And I remember that was the piece that we would show to anyone coming to visit Al Bay TV at the time to yeah. show our a piece of work that we did. We'd show them that, and they'd all be like literally speechless after seeing that clip. Sadly, that clip is no longer on, on YouTube. I think it is. Other people have uploaded. Okay. I think it's Other people have Yeah, but sadly that, that page yeah. no longer exists for whatever particular almost, reason. Almost reached a million views. But yeah. yeah. There's so much views on other videos as well. But, but that clip, again, a lot of people might have seen it not knowing. And a lot of reciters mm. used it without permission. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Latmiyat. <laughs> In the Urdu and as well as the Arabic world, because I see it a lot now, <laughs> more yeah, yeah, and yeah. more. And I'm like, wait, that's Basri's clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, used so so. I'm sure people have seen that, that. That you also worked on that, and you know those powerful clips. Again, I want to ask you about that. How do you sit down and do a clip like that? I mean, okay, the filming. I'm guessing takes. A lot of people don't know how how many hours of footage did you have for that three minute clip? Talk, we're talking the here, the, yeah, the tribute. Mm. It was a lot. Uh, it was like ten days of filming. Or something. No, the thing is, I wished it was ten days. Mm. Uh, I had planned that that out before we actually went. Yeah. Um, but because of certain permissions, we couldn't get badges on certain days, mm. so I missed a lot of like the middle part of that. I'm not really overly happy with because we couldn't get certain shots which i wanted to include uh, due to no um, filming permissions being granted so there was like a few days where no filming could take place but you know i just realized something i missed i i forgot a really important part of the story going back to shabab's plane okay is that took place i th if i think in november of 2011 mm -hmm. in april of 2011 it was my first visit to Iraq. So it was the first time me going and first time doing ziyarah and everything. And I distinctly remember uh, when I visited the Shrine of Imam Hussein, I, I, I prayed uh, that I distinctly remember this prayer that please God, uh, let me serve Imam Hussein through my work somehow. And then, you know, the the Majlis thing ended up happening in November. So I I I had forgotten that, but you mentioned Mohammed Hussein stuff. I, I started to remember because it kind of gives me goosebumps when I remember remember because uh, the opportunities opened up after that that trip to Iraq. I don't think there's any coincidence there, um, and that played a part in me in terms of my in terms of doing videos relating to Mohammed Hussein. I always remember that because uh, it's something deep inside me where I feel like I, you know, I have to I have a responsibility to make things really good and to put all my effort into it. Um, so now leading up to this, this tribute video, especially, um, it's one of my proudest uh, pieces of work uh, because I really, really, I feel like it's my personal tribute in a way to Mount Hussein. Uh, thing is, when I approach a project, I wanted I want it to be something unique and original. So whenever I start something, I'm, I'm always I always approach it from the mindset of I want people to look at this <coughs> and know and instantly know I haven't seen this before. 
mm. because things anything to do with Muharram or Arba'in, um, you can watch it, but you don't necessarily know what year it's from. Like you could watch a clip now, and I could say to you, "This is from last year." Mm. Or I could say to you, this is from 10 years ago, mm. and you wouldn't know. Mm. Because it's a very similar footage of very Sorry. similar stuff. So I always look at projects from that regard. How can I make this unique, stand out, where people watch it and be like, I haven't seen this before. I've definitely not seen this before. So I then, I then said, look, why don't we make a video, um, like a highlight of the, all the 10 days? I, don't, I put myself in the deep end. It's not easy. I said, <laughs> start filming on day one, end with the Hazrat uh, Tawarij, the run, and then make a compilation and release it on the 10th or 11th. But I remember you were in the room at the time and I came in, I said, look, I want to film the run to Hazrat Tawarij. I want to film it. I want to be in the run. I don't even remember this. And you kind of looked at me like, are you mad? Are you crazy? You're going to go in, in the run and film. And Haji Amir has said that his dad was, you know, there was almost a stampede one year. Yeah. He was like, you know, take it easy on, take it easy on the run. And I was determined. I was like, I have to. It, I had never seen any footage in the actual run before. It had always been from the sidelines. I had never seen someone in the run actually filming it. <laughs> so again. Like, How was that? How was that as an experience? Oh, wow. How many times did you fear for your life? Oh my God, do you know what? Happened? Do you know what it is? If anyone hasn't experienced tenth of Muharram in Karbala, I really encourage you to go, because it's a com it's a completely different uh, thing. The feeling is unbelievable. And on the day, we we were filming and stuff, and it was really really hot. Boy, I think it was forty five degrees. Wow. And you know, it takes place in the morning. Uh, until like mid-afternoon so the sun is beating down on you really really hot and I was filming and everything and then the, the run began and I went mad I literally and Nori uh, Nori Sardar was there as well and he he can attest to this I, I lost it I literally lost it and I realized I've got only a small window of opportunity here I grabbed the camera and I literally went down into the run I like I literally joined and I started taking my shots so I, I knew which shots I needed and I just started filming. Um, it, it was really... Surreal experience. Surreal, yeah. It did feel a bit risky because um, you've got, you know, these thousands of people running at you. But at the time you, you didn't think of the risk, I'm no, guessing, because no, 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 you no. wouldn't go in no. there. Obviously, like to a degree, I was I was taking precautions. Like, yeah. But yeah, I just started filming all the shots I needed and alhamdulillah, it worked out and it, it came out good. How important is one, I ask this question because you mentioned that story in April before the November and Muharram <clears throat> about you asking Allah to allow you to serve Imam Hussein in the field that you do. Yeah. And I always, uh, when I mention anything to do with service and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking Allah, there's a really nice line in Dua Kumail where you say, Oh Allah, make sure both my day and my night is filled bechidmetic in your service and I always used to think how can your day and your night be filled in the service of Allah obviously if you're a good Muslim and you're that could be a, but I said how can you actually be you know and you're not you're not in a in a bank or you're not in a as a lawyer or you're not a doctor obviously all these of course are service to Allah but I'm saying something more than that and then when I was working in Ahl Bay TV and what I'm doing now I thought wow okay this is what I asked Allah and sort of so with you how when you ask how important is one's intention and how important is one's niyyah when you go into a job like this do you, do you sometimes feel there's again there's like things happen for you things work out for you because you're of your intention and sometimes maybe again not, not that it's happened but sometimes maybe if your intention is not on the right you notice that it's not happening do you see that yeah, in, in your 10-15 years intention is everything it's literally everything about it um just from my experience i know when i have the right intention when my mind is right and i'm like i'm doing you have to know why you're doing it um and i always when i start a project i know the i have to i have to kind of tell myself this is the intention behind it it's not about you getting your name out there or, you know, getting good feedback or praise. 
It's about what is the message, what is the underlining message you want to portray, you know, portray or to give out there to the world. So intention is, is, has to be all about the intention. Because if it's not, then it's not sincere. And if it's not sincere, it's not, it's not going to succeed. Limitations. Mm. I'm going to s- stick one on, on, on limitations with this one. Music is a limitation within our field. I'm yeah. of the opinion that music makes a big difference to any production. Yeah. You know, the, the f- film awards, mm. BAFTAs and all these Oscars, mm. there's a special category when it comes to music. Recently, I think two, two days ago, someone really famous in the music world died and they were talking about the his music and they played one of his pieces and I, I, I again I don't know which movie it was from by the wow I thought this guy made you know music is quite mm. big within you know whether it's whether it's Star Wars or Batman or I don't know all these or yep. uh, they, they have this specific and music plays a big role you know when it's a sad scene the music when it's when it's when it's a horror film the mu- you know yet we are limited and again, I'm asking you as someone that's uh, a director as well as a, as a producer, and especially with small clips, music is more mm. important than maybe a, a documentary yep. where you can get away with playing humming. Yep. But with, with these, does music limit you? And what's your uh, sort of take on that? So music is is a big, big deal. It's very important. It's almost 50%. It, well, it is 50% of, of the overall video. So, and that and that that's you know audio in general is is sometimes more important than video anyway. So you might have a really you know low quality video, but if yeah. there's good audio and there's there's music to it, it can make you cry. A lot of people actually say, for example, that our podcast, the audio is quite it's quite good, and that's why they enjoy it because it's you know there's crisp. The, yeah, yeah. The, as well as obviously the video, I'm not taking <laughs> it. But it's, 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 they enjoy that. Otherwise, if it was a, maybe a bad podcast yeah. where you hear crackling yeah. and then the noise isn't that clear, then obviously they wouldn't enjoy it as mm. much. So you're right, audio is It's 50%. very, very important. And when it comes to music and conveying emotion, it's mm. 10 times more important. I approach, put it this way, when I, when I make a clip, music, I have to have the music first. Wow. So if you're looking at the tribute video, for example, I spent hours and hours finding that particular song and that track because it has to resonate for me it's just how some people might not do it this way but i have to listen to a track and it has to resonate with me and it has to evoke some kind of emotion within me for me to say you know what this is the one i've heard the best reciters latmiya reciters usually pick the tar the Mm. lahan the tune before they pick the words yeah and usually someone like Basim, from what I've heard again, most of the times he'll pick the, the, the tune mm. and then he'll send the tune to the poet and then tell him write on mm. this tune using, you know, this tune. So that's how important, you know. And then he's going to, rec- when he recites that now, he's more emotional, he's more, you know, committed to it as well. Yeah. So it plays a big, big part. But obviously within our communities, within our kind of religion in general, there is a taboo and a stigma around music and its use, certain types of music. It is subjective, but also it's down to what you, what kind of who you follow as well. Yeah, the in terms, yeah, the marja in terms of what's allowed and what's not. So, I always try and kind of play within that, you know, the safety zone of what is considered allowed, and uh, and that kind of area is quite broad. So there's a lot of yeah uh, range there to play with. Um, but yeah, I have to say, like music is really, really important uh, in all types of uh, video and content and, and filmmaking. You um, started to work on, on, on feature-length documentaries with the Bay TV. Uh, we had a, a previous guest a few episodes back uh, by the name of Said Hassanin, mm. who I know you you know, and he mentioned yeah. just yourself with great guy. Um, that was sort of, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was, that was sort of the first documentary that took 
the content on Ahl Bayt TV to a next level. Like you, you, you might correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there was obviously previous documentaries being done, but it was mostly maybe you know someone behind you know uh, talking to a guest or. Uh, just a per- talking person, and then a few mm. cutaways of 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 of, of Karbala yeah. or so on and so forth. This was the first sort of following someone, and quite a big production. I say big; it was only you and Emir, but you guys worked really hard on, on that. That how 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 was that for you? You know, now doing documentaries where it's not your usual studio work. Mm. So. Approaching anything like that's why I've got story written up there because I approach everything from the uh, aspect of storytelling. Yeah. How do you tell a story? And that kind of that kind of is across all my work. Mm. How do you tell a story? So I feel like I have that ability to tell a story. So um, so uh, Amir had brought me into his office and he had told me about this guy Hassanen and his story. Um, he had lost two children and he started running marathons and I was thing is when we were at the channel you know how hard as a producer yeah. you know how hard it is to find a good story and yeah. a good kind of this was something unique which I couldn't believe was something within our community and I was like wow that is an amazing story that'll yeah, make a good documentary that'll make obviously you know we were going to make the documentary but this has to be done right and Amir was already up for it. He was like, yes, we have to do this properly and everything. And I put, I literally put my all into that um, that documentary with you know, great support from Haji Amir. He'd done a lot of the producing and organizing and everything involved. And again, he, he trusted me a lot on that project because I remember the, you know how it was with the channel. We were, we were very limited with resources and one of those limitations was time. Mm. So... It's always a limitation. It's always time. a limitation. So we had planned all the sh- the shooting in one day. Uh, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and and uh, there was also a marathon filming, but the main bulk of the filming was meant to be in one day. So we had gone out there and we're filming and filming, literally from morning to night, we're filming nonstop. And we'd done the interview with him and everything. And the thing is, he lives in East London, so which is quite far. So on the on the on the car ride back, I told Amir I wasn't I wasn't hundred percent happy with it. I was like, it's not going to do it justice. It needs to be more. It needs. To, we need to put more into this. Like, you know, his interview was kind of. The thing is, we had just uh, for me as especially I had just met him, so he was kind of, and he had told me after he said, I didn't know if he even liked me on the day, because the way I was approaching it was I was trying to find any tiny bits of story which would we could develop and stuff so i was analyzing everything on the day i was really deep into it so we went back and amir agreed he was like okay look let's let's go all out uh make a plan and and we'll execute so i went back and i i kind of sat down and said how can we tell this story in a unique way what else do we need what are the shots what are the moments and we ended up filming, I think it was four, four full days, maybe, or maybe four days in, in total. It wasn't that much filming, by the way. It's like we, because I had, I had to um, plan it in a way where we had to film. Yeah, what you wanted. What we wanted. Uh, so that's what happened. The only part I didn't film was the marathon, uh, because I was in Iraq with you. We were filming uh, in Iraq in 2014. So I missed the marathon filming for that. But everything else I filmed. And then it came down to editing. Uh, that and it was really emotional editing that story if anyone's seen it you'll know but editing that and the thing is there was a lot I had to I couldn't include like you you had him on you know how deep his story is yeah uh, so there was a lot of the story I couldn't include but I got it down to the to the main parts and yeah I, w- I would cry while watching it it was really really deep not the first um, or last time and the thing is Amir came up with the idea of having a screening for the community, yeah. uh, for his local, his friends and family uh, to, to do like a screening. And uh, I think it was to take place on the Saturday and we had wrapped everything on the Tuesday. 
So I had from like Tuesday to Saturday to finish the whole thing. So uh, on the Friday night, I was up all night editing. Uh, like literally, I had not slept a wink. But um, I managed to get it done. It was I en- it ended up being an hour and 40 minutes, I think. Crazy long. Mm. Um, and we showed it at the screening. It got really good feedback. Um, people were crying in the in the audience and yeah it was it was a it was a it was a great success and going back to music um it was one of the first times where we really used music in the channel i remember a lot of the the feedback at the time was uh, you know the music was really emotional and you couldn't make that without music that particular documentary it needed that to to invoke that kind of emotion but yeah, the feedback was great. I had it was an amazing time uh, making that documentary. It'll stay with me for the rest of my life. You've you've done a lot of documentaries, you know. Uh, what what's any other documentaries that 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 you know you you remember? I'm, I'm sure each one has has a special place for you. Mm. But which other ones would you would you say that really meant something for you? I'm guessing the Iraq filming, obviously. Yeah. The Ashura was some meant yep, something. 100%. There was Arba'in that you also went to. Yeah, I went to Arba'in. There was one trip that we went to to film some documentaries. Yeah, one. Um, yeah. With the with the, the, the Hausa one, I remember. Mm. Um, which one? Which, you know, each one obviously I'm guessing means something, and I'm, I'm sure you've done some mm. over here. The, the ISIS one that you did with yeah. with Mushtaba and, and, and other. Do, does each documentary mean something to you or how, when you look look back at your time yeah now? each one especially the international ones mm. uh because you know is when you travel things happen and nothing goes to plan and that's the fun part that's the fun part but also the stressful part and sometimes the amazing part because things happen which you don't know are going to happen which change the project entirely um the one that kind of stays with me is maybe the french uh Revert community I was documentary. Someone about that yesterday. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, Le Mounier. Le Mounier, yeah. It was surreal. It was a, a really, really surreal experience from beginning to end. <laughs> um, again, Haji Amir, we went together to film that. And it's just like you feel like you're in a, the twilight zone because you've got this really small community isolated in the middle of nowhere. They don't look like Muslims, but rural, they are Muslims. Rural area of, of France. Yeah, 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 in France, sorry. And um, they're just this really, really lovely small community who are uh, Shia Muslims. And they're in the middle of nowhere. Like their, their kind of mosque, if you want to call it, is in the middle of a field. <laughs> and to get there to their mosque is, is funny. We had to park kind of, I think it was far, like maybe a couple of miles out from their mosque. And walk and walk because it was muddy so the tires when we were going the tires wouldn't be able to get through the mud so we literally stopped in mud i put uh carrier bags over my shoes and we walked literally the guys with us were helping us they kind of carried bottles of water and it was pitch black we were using like phone lights i think to to walk and we get to a we get to the near the mosque and it's pitch black imagine it's pitch black and then we kind of pan the light over and there's a cow right in front of us <laughs> so, so that's that's how it was like walking amongst cows like to get to the location and uh it was kind of bizarre but again looking back it's kind of it almost feels like a dream because just how surreal it was a nice story an amazing story yeah <laughs> um but yeah, that was, that's something that definitely stays with me, that documentary. You were also part of filming for one of my favourite shows, Reborn. Yeah. Um, how was, you know, a lot of people still speak about Reborn to me. Yeah. Um, each story was unique. Mm. You know, do, do any of the stories uh, stick with you? Or do you remember any unique story that you thought? Again, I'm putting you Reborn. on the spot because yeah. Reborn, we did so many, we lost. Reborn, we, 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 so we drive to Bradford once. We, yeah, we drove to Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. No, the, the Bradford family. Was it oh, Bre- Preston. 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 Yeah, family. Preston that, that was, was, was kind of unique. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was 
That was long. See, it's can't marry Nazis. <laughs> One hour argument. That was that was very interesting. And that, I think that was my first. Oh, was it? Reboot, yeah. <laughs> you were deep, deep end. Deep end. Oh my god! But um, reborn one. Oh god, I have to think. Pick one. There's so many. The thing is, when you're filming it, the, the thing about reborn was, uh, I'm usually monitoring the camera and the sound and making sure everything. With reborn, I was really really like and the story into well. the story like hearing what they're saying and sometimes your mouth would be like jaw would be open thinking wow how because it's it's, it's, it's it's sometimes incomprehensible to think they they found uh, islam you know by themselves in their certain circumstances uh but to pick one wow that's so many i have to think about that i'll come back to that one there's a there's a certain buzz when when you create your content or your documentary or your show especially i think when you get people's feedback so when people maybe randomly see you and tell you i saw this clip and mm. i thought wow or our gala dinners i remember there was a really buzzing effect that we'd yeah. have yeah, after yeah. the gala dinners especially i remember the one in hilton Near the airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Heathrow, Heathrow. One, the Heathrow one. That was that, that, was, that was a really good. That one, was yeah. a really good one. Um, I mean, each one was was unique, and but when people see your content, and you feel like, Alhamdulillah, you know, you you get happy that you you know people are enjoying. What did you also receive any negative feedback or criticism or? attacks on a certain production that maybe you know got you to feel down a bit because you know you've spent hmm. a lot of time and effort into that did you feel any anything any any negativity around the work that you did and how would you deal with that hmm. luckily i haven't had much negative uh, feedback and that comes down to like again knowing what is required of me and executing to that but I think any negativity has always been like, especially in religious fields around music. Uh -huh. Why are you using this music? This sounds like music. Why are you using this? Uh, that's the only thing I can really point to as a negative kind of feedback I would receive is, oh, this, this is very musical. This sounds music. You know, that's the kind of negative feedback I can think of. And you know, you joined Ahl Bay TV in what year? 2012 2012 and then from i think 2014 again i had this podcast with amir a few episodes back the the level of production started to increase and by 2017 and 18 there was 25 if not 30 documentaries during yeah. the holy month of ramadan a good 10 during the month yeah. of muharram which is you're talking now 40 documentaries a year which i'm guessing you're involved in at least half if not the majority of them yeah uh, maybe out of the 40 maybe 30 i would say you're involved in minimum a year and then 2019 by the end of it there's uh, something that not a lot of people know about only those that were involved in Bay tv know about um amir leaves the channel and the channel is is is, is financially in, in deep trouble by the end of 2019 um the, the that year was a difficult year uh, the morale at the channel was quite low uh, the atmosphere the environment was was was, was hard um and you resign early 2020 we're literally talking the second month into 2020 before the outbreak just of, before the pandemic yeah of covid 19 you resign why so Bay tv i think is Bay tv is always going to be a big part of my life no matter what um i was there for seven years um, and I remember, thing is, when when I joined, when you joined, even maybe, we kind of looked at it like in today's kind of terms, if you want to say, as a startup. It kind of always had that feeling of, yeah, it had just you know it had potential. Um, 
thing is, it was always a struggle at the channel. Mm. You know, we can we can get to when I resigned, but leading up to that, yeah. it was always a struggle. Like I don't think people realize, like my role, which was director of photography, was to kind of, you know, bring that production value, and sometimes production value needs money. Uh, there's no there's no way around it. So, I mean, you know this. I would invest a lot of my own money into the channel, yep. in the, my equipment, and just to raise that kind of standard of production. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I gave. So you buy your own lenses, your own yeah, lights. So I would save up and I would yeah, yeah. pour All my own own. money back into the channel yeah. because there was a lot of times where, and it's hard to work in that environment where you you want to be creative, you want to be, you know, you want to do your best, but then you hear, oh, if we don't get this next check, the channel might close down. Um, mm. Working under that kind of environment and knowing you have bills to pay knowing you have a family family to support uh it's not easy and it doesn't it takes its toll, it takes its toll. uh it's like you know emotionally mentally uh, yeah even physically um it can take its toll um but yeah it's kind of it's always <coughs> a struggle and then that was kind of the culmination of that struggle when uh you know we kind of ran into that last uh, year where I was there where there was you know financial difficulties and um, so I ultimately just made the decision to leave yeah um, which was not easy um, you know because there is that thing called the sunk cost fallacy I don't know if you know it where you've put so much effort and time into something it's hard to let go because you're determined to carry on and to you know ultimately there's always you know time for change and i thought that was the right time to leave you had good times there amazing times as you mentioned it's going to always be part of your life it was a um period that was difficult for the channel um but i think we we throughout the years that we were there there's always that peak yeah and then ups and downs the, the ups and downs and and I think um, when uh, Amir left, it had an impact on the way things run at the channel. I, I think I, even till the last year or the last few weeks, we were still producing, I think, some decent content. Mm. Even after we, I've left and after you left, because I left uh, the month uh, after, after yeah. uh, yourself. Uh, even then... Uh, the channel has, I feel, in the, the last couple of seasons, Ramadan and Shah Ramadan and Shah Muharram, have continued in mm. that trend to produce content, inshallah, that's useful to the community. Yeah. Um, it's not the same unit that was there maybe mm. uh, 10 years back or five years back. But alhamdulillah, I think there's, there's still stuff being happening. And I, I always say that we must try and support all our organizations in serving the message. So that's yeah. the main thing. So, and alhamdulillah, I think we did our bit mm. at the time and then we moved on. Um, but that was in the end for mine and your relationship working together because um, I opened new doors. And alhamdulillah, one project that I also want to um, mention is your production skills where then you became a freelancer and started mm. doing work for different organizations yep. as well as personalities um, and we continued to work with clips for Sayyid Ahmad Akshawani yeah. and then a documentary which was about uh, Ayatollah Sistani we've done subhanAllah other stuff me and you about yeah, the yeah. Marja'iyah together as yeah, well yeah. back in Ahl uh, TV days but this was now more um, on the ground, on the actual personality of yep. Sayyid Sistani, in which you you interviewed, you done the interviews that Sayyid Ammar filmed, and you were the main uh, editor of the yep. of the documentary and the and the clips. How was that working with um, Sayyid Ammar? Because there were days where I you'd set up, I'd be there, yeah. and then I'd say, "Hadji Ali, see you later." And I know, and again, I feel that you have. I haven't said this before. 
you and Sayyid Ammar have very similar uh, ways when it comes to work. And mm. what? In the fact that he always wants to produce the best content, lectures. Mm. Uh, and here we have someone who wants to produce visually the best uh, show or TV or documentary, whatever it is. So now we've put you to get together uh, <clears throat> and we have something like the Sistani documentary, yeah. as well as the short eclipse. Um, and I remember when we worked with Sayyid Ammar, something unique about Sayyid Ammar, and we've done, we've literally, especially you, you've interviewed every English speaker <laughs> there is. From the Sadeh Qazwiniya, the Madarasiya, yeah, yeah. you know, every English speaker uh, that's out there, Sheikh Muhammad, uh, Sheikh Azhar, uh, you know, I don't want to miss out anyone, but all the names you've interviewed mm. or you've, they've been part of a documentary or you've done a show with, Sayyid Ammar is very unique yeah. with his, his style. Because he, you know, we've done these clips and Sayyid Ammar is not the type that used the teleprompter. Yeah, yeah. And that was unique and he's not the type that would get us to redo the clips mm, more than mm. once and he'd be flown how was that experience doing those clips um <laughs> how difficult or easy <laughs> he's going to be watching this be careful no i mean say Ammar is a he's a he's a seasoned professional in his field um he's dedicated his life to it so working with him was you know like watching a master at work um it's, it's, it's kind of amazing because he has it all all in his head and um, very little preparation so between takes he would just take a minute to kind of gather his thoughts and then he'd go and he, it would all come out uh, in one go like no teleprompter uh, even like he would make a small mistake and I would say say you no know, you can just start from where you left off he'll be like no I'm doing the whole thing again uh, you know which is actually um, I couldn't say anything because I'm kind of like that as well in terms of being a perfectionist. That's why um, I said there's that yeah, similar it's, thing. Yeah, it's kind of, um, but no, like I said, he's a professional. He's he's amazing what he, at what he does. And I'm just, you know, I'm proud to be able to, to work with him. Is there a project that you've, you've thought about or a documentary or a feature film or that you've wanted to do or any, any type of project that you just haven't had the opportunity? Hmm. Well, something's limited you. The thing is, I have, I have, there's a lot of things I'd like to do. I have, like in terms of narrative filmmaking, it's my, it's ultimately my main passion in making films. Um, it, it's not easy to make films by yourself. Uh, again, it needs funding, it needs investment, it needs time more than anything. Um, so there are certain things I would like to do. It's just time sometimes is a limiting factor. Um, but yeah, there are things, projects uh, I have, you know, in the works, if you want to call, which inshallah I'm hoping I'll be able to achieve in the coming years. Uh, some of them religious, some of them non-religious. <coughs> so maybe watch this space, I don't know. If, if, if we go back in time, would you do it all over again? Oh, 100%. Every part of it, the ups and the downs, everything. Because I'm a big believer in your experience makes you who you are, and that God won't test you with something unless He feels you could handle it. And I like the Steve Jobs quote of, "You can never connect the dots of your life looking forward. You can connect them looking backwards." So everything in my life that led up to where I am now has happened for a reason. I feel, and has got me to where I am today. There's a lot of people maybe in our community that are interested in getting into the media world. Uh, maybe especially trying to serve within their own communities and they might have a skill like yourself maybe of setting up a camera or, or editing or into graphical graphic design but they don't know maybe the avenue and they're scared at the same time maybe listening to some of my podcasts um, where sometimes you're talking about the downs and you're talking about the pay and you're talking about not being maybe sometimes appreciated and you, you know they, they'll take certain things and they'll say oh I'm going to avoid this what would you say to those people that maybe are thinking about this particular field especially within our community hmm. so it wasn't easy for me 
like any in our community anything you want to go into which isn't being a doctor a lawyer pharmacist that kind of stuff is always, a thumbs up is a, <laughs> yeah it's like it's frowned upon it's like what you, you want to do what so you have to have the passion ultimately if you really have the passion you can go for it um like i like i grew up my dad was a doctor so i always had that pressure of your dad's a doctor you have to be a doctor mm. it's double so i always had that kind of following me and i even remember once uh, a friend of my dad's rang the house and i answered the phone and he said uh, hi uh, ali how's it going what did is your dad home i said no no he's out at the moment so he said oh how are you what are you up to nowadays what are you doing and i said i'm i'm studying graphic design and he said to me, what? You're, you're a silly boy. You're stupid. What? Hon honestly, I, I'm, I'm sitting there and he goes to me, you're, you're stupid. Your dad's a doctor, you're studying graphic design? You're, that's a stupid thing. Like he, he like went, he didn't care. He just said that straight to my face. And I was like, okay, uncle, nice speaking <laughs> with you, bye. It's like, that's the kind of stuff I had to deal with because this is 20 years ago now. Back then, especially, there was like, what is this uh, graphic design? What is filmmaking? It's not like now where it's prevalent and it's in the public mm. eye and it's more accessible to everyone. So if anything now, it's much easier and more acceptable maybe. So if you have the passion, especially with filmmaking, you need to be filming all the time. You can't just say, oh, I have the passion and oh, this person's stopping me, that person. Pick up a camera and film. You have the passion, you'll, you'll get there. But ultimately, Anything you're passionate about, you'll become successful with. Uh, so yeah, if you're into it, just 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 go for it. You know, be, being a son of a of, of a doctor, how important was the support from your parents with regards to the field that you're taking? You know, again, there might be that stigma that a Iraqi parent would want his son to be a doctor, especially if he's a doctor, then he's gonna. Mm. Was your dad pushing you towards that field or was he more supportive in what you wanted to do, do you think? So, uh, so my dad, uh, he's very good at what he does. Um, he's also an artist. Wow. So he's really good at art. He does calligraphy. So part of him understood because he realized I had taken that from him, that kind of interest in art, design. I had that kind of skill. So he was supported in, supportive in that regard. But like I said, 20 years ago, yeah, it was kind different. of a question mark. It was like, mm, is this successful? Is this going to be good? So ultimately, he saw I was passionate in what I was doing. So no, he supported me with that. But I think deep down, no matter what, every parent, Iraqi parent, yeah. has that kind of wish that their son becomes you know, a doctor or whatever. But um, no, he was very supportive um, what I do and now he's he sees what I do with the community and uh, yeah it's kind of it, it paid off I think but the thing is you have to be persistent and you have to prove that uh, in a way to your parents if you want to if you want to uh, pursue a path that is kind of not what is expected you have to kind of convince them and kind of it's, it's two, it works two ways so, well I'm sure I'm sure you've made him proud um, and you've made a lot of people proud around um, around the Shia world because obviously they've seen all these different video clips and these different documentaries, and you've it's impacted them. You know I, that's something maybe we didn't we didn't speak about the impact of 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 certain productions of a certain reborn story, a certain clip from Karbala, a certain story from one of the documentaries it had an impact of people it changed people's lives and i think that's that's quite important no it's 100 percent important because if especially like me if i'm not a speaker like you you're a speaker so you might be able to make uh, people cry when you're giving a lecture but i don't have that ability i'm not a public speaker but i might be able to make people shed a tear through watching one of my films uh -huh. so it's how you you know use your skill or your talent or your um, career or whatever field you work in to uh, to convey the same message <clears throat> on that note uh, Hajj Ali this was your story um, I want to wish you the best in all your upcoming projects um, thank you thank you for giving us the honour 
of Pleasure. doing the first ever interview. Uh, Pleasure is all mine. And I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the tawfiq and the success in continue, continuing to do what you do. Uh, and inshallah we can work together on um, projects inshallah to serve Imam Hussain alayhi salam together. Inshallah, pleasure being here, Haji. Inshallah, I'll be seeing you very soon.